Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. On this episode of the Places Where We Go, we are going to sit and speak to you because we've been doing a lot of walking, and this episode is about pilgrimage walks, where we're going to share with you a few things that we've done and a few things that you might be able to do. You may have heard about the Camino de Santiago, perhaps the most well-known pilgrimage walk, but did you know that California has its own Camino? It's the California Mission Trail and the topic of our show today. Years ago, Julie, you and I had watched a movie called The Way, Uh which I think for a lot of people is an introduction to the Camino de Santiago. I think it was for us. Yes. And put an idea in our minds that someday maybe we'll do this famous walk. The most famous of the routes goes from a town in France and ends up about 500 miles later at Santiago de Compostela and the Church of St. James the Apostle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With the big incenser. So years ago, when we had seen the movie, we did have an opportunity at the time to do some, for us, major walking. We um, found an opportunity to take a group hike on the Backbone Trail in the Santa Monica Mountains, which was what, about a 70-mile walk or so? Just under 70. I mean, we're always looking for interesting things to do. And that came up. You found it, actually. Mm -hmm. That was not a continuous walk. Right. That was every weekend we would take a section of the Backbone Trail and walk it. Yeah, so we did that for eight weeks, but ultimately Mm -hmm. walked close to 70 miles, give Mm -hmm. or take a mile or two. And then I had mentioned the Camino de Santiago to a co-worker, and he would end up going to Spain before we have a chance to do so with his wife. Mm -hmm. So my co-worker was very physically active, so big bike rider, big physical exercise guy. His wife, they both went to Spain did the uh, the big walk, and he has some YouTubes that we've since watched his entire journey. And then what was interesting is they went back like a year or two later and did, I think, the Portuguese route. And it's interesting because you get to the end of this journey and you're exhausted. And I think the first thing people say in their mind is like, this was hard. I, I'm, not, mm-hmm. I'm not doing this again. Yeah. But I think once you get home and you start thinking about the experience... People tend to go back yeah. and, and either do another route or do the same one. Yeah, pretty common experience that we found. So while we had interest and still have interest in someday walking the Camino de Santiago, I think we put it in this bucket of the only way it's probably ever going to happen is at the time that I retire. Because you do have to devote, I think, like over 30 days to do the entire 500 miles. Yeah. And in a working scenario, it was just difficult to think about that. But on that note, I am actually about four weeks away, give or take, from the retirement part of right. my Which life is an journey. interesting conundrum because the younger you are, the better off you are in walking this kind of yep. long walk. 
But we've had this in mind for years. And I think with that, we are very intent on trying to keep as active as we can Mm -hmm. and walk as much as we can. And I think it'll get better once you're not working. Yeah. And I'm um, trying to put my foot in the water in this retirement situation in the uh, early retirement bucket. So I'm not even 60 yet. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But now the door becomes open to us that maybe this is something that we possibly could do next year or the year after. We'll see how that goes. But as interest started to come back up again for us about the Camino de Santiago, one of us ended up doing some Googling and came across the California Mission Trail and learned that there's actually people who walk from mission to mission in California. And so that got our interest because we live between the San Fernando Mission and the Ventura Mission. Mm -hmm. It's kind of where we live. So thought, hmm, that's interesting. And ended up a few months ago hearing about an organized walk that was going to walk part of the California Mission Trail from the city of Oceano to the Mission San Luis Obispo. And one of us said to the other, hey, are you interested in this? You said it to me. Okay. And then you nodded your head and said, yes. And next thing you know, we signed ourselves up from this walk and it would be a 16-mile journey. Mm-hmm. In one day. What's your memories of that experience? Uh, my memories were good. They were very good. I did reach the mission. I forget how many hours it was. It was like five or six hours, something like that. And my legs were jelly. And we kind of learned from that because we figured we were trying to keep up with the front group and our pace was way too fast for us. So the next time we were thinking, slow our pace down, try to do this so where we're not overtaxing ourselves, and we'll feel better once we get to the destination. Mm-hmm. The walk itself was not difficult. It was pretty straight shoot. There wasn't real big uphills. Right. And so it wasn't difficult to do. We went through some cities, you know, there's a couple stops along the way on on this particular uh, mission walk and people were stopping for cinnamon rolls and water and and you know there was certain things that made it really fun yeah there know, was one it. organized lunch break at a place called the octagon barn that had some neat history mm-hmm. so the group arranged for lunch and then we got a little bit of history of octagon barn and um yeah so that was our first yeah. foray into part of the California Mission Trail. And you didn't get blisters. That was one of the things I was really worried about. I don't think on that walk you ever got blisters. I did, but they weren't bad. But I did lose a toenail. So that was a light bulb moment for me. So I had to rethink how I was going to do this without losing toenails. Yeah, and you ended up hearing a tip when we were doing this walk from mm-hmm. from an elderly gentleman, mm-hmm. like over 70 years old, who has walked the entire California Mission Trail. So he's had experience. Right. And uh, we'll, we'll get into a little bit later about the whole trail. It's quite a feat. But what was that learning aha moment about the shoes? Well, there is open-toed sandals that are used for hiking and walking. They're designed for that. And if I have open toes and I'm not hitting the top of my shoe, you're 
likely not to lose a toenail. That was my my learning moment, mm-hmm. and uh, I went with it. Yeah, and so you try that on the next walk. I did. Right? I did. So after this first walk, and it was organized by a group called the California Mission Walkers, we started to get some more information about the California Mission Trail. So it is... A trail that offers, my understanding is about 800 miles, like if you're going to walk from the furthest southern mission in San Diego to, I believe, the most northern mission is in Sonoma. So that whole walking journey would take somebody 800 miles. I understand people have done it in roughly 40 days. A lot of people who do it don't do it consecutively. Mm-hmm. And there are very, very few people who have done the entire California Mission Trail as opposed to the Camino de Santiago, which attracts hundreds, if not thousands of people every year. One of the big differences between the two is in Spain, the logistics are laid out for the pilgrim travelers. So at so many kilometers down the road, there's the places called the albergas, which are places where you can sleep for a very, very modest cost. Mm -hmm. Here in California, we don't have that kind of a system, so you have to be a little more crafty in terms of where you're going to stay, and you're most likely probably going to be looking at hotels, motels, maybe some camping. I do understand that... I think most most, uh, stay in hotels, which on this kind of a journey could, could get quite expensive. Right. We do know of one trio that did it without hotels. Yeah. So the trio that you mentioned a few months ago, we went camping in Lake Kachuma. Yeah, trio plus dog. And as we were driving up San Marcos Pass, so this is kind of this mountain road, we pass by this trio and their dog, and they're walking up this pass, and we said to ourselves, they're probably walking the California Mission Trail because... Who would be there walking? Why else would you be there? And just last weekend... We had bumped into this gal. Her name is Hope. I don't one know. of a, one yeah. of the trio, yeah. And um, got to hear a little bit about her journey. And they did this walk continuous in just about forty days. And their lodging, quote unquote, was they just. I don't even know if they used tents. Did she say she they used tents? I know they camped. I'm not 100% sure about tent. Because yes I remember or no. she said, we just threw our sleeping bags wherever it made sense. Yeah. They just kind of camped and yeah. ho- crossed their fingers and hoped they weren't going to get busted, as she said. Yeah. So again, if you're somebody who has interest, if you're intrigued with something like the Camino de Santiago, one of the options that's available to you in the United States is the California Mission Trail. Some resources that could be helpful to you. There's a booklet that we purchased. It's called California Mission Walk, a hiker's guide to California's 21 Spanish missions along El Camino Real by Ron Butch Briery. And this breaks up the um, entire 800 miles of the California Mission Trail into about... 56 segments, so kind of 56 days of walking, tells you what path to take, it gives some ideas of places one might stay, and the mission stops, obviously, along the way, so that's a neat resource. There's also, for those that do travel from mission to mission in California, like the National Park Passport book that some people might be familiar with, there's a California Missions Passport book, so as you get from mission to mission, you can get a stamp in that to commemorate your arrival and your visit. And if you want to uh, proclaim 
to other walkers that you are on the trail, you can get a patch, California Mission Trail patch from the California Mission walkers and slap that on your backpack and then you're like an official <laughs> journey or pilgrim along the route. I have still yet to put ours on. Yeah, we have our patches, but we've mm-hmm. been uh, not sure if we want to sew them on or affix them some other way. Right. And, you know, I think one of the things over the past few years that that has made this California Trail a little intriguing is as international travel has been kind of wonky because of COVID for the person that isn't 100% sure if they want to go travel internationally, but they would like to do this kind of walking experience. You do have that available to you in California. And then the last thing I'm going to say about this and the first walk, organized by California Mission Walkers, they do have a page on Facebook. And if you join that Facebook page, you will learn about these impromptu walks where people organize walking segments with small groups of people. And they seem to happen almost every weekend, as we've been seeing Yes, there are certain organizers that seem to have multiple walks from weekend to weekend. Mm -hmm. So it's it's pretty cool that they can do that. Yeah. So we did our first walk, and then what would happen? Well, I was on Facebook, and you were in the back, and I'm sitting there looking at Facebook. And because I am part of that California Mission Walker Facebook page, I believe that's what brought up the information on another walk. And this one was from Mission Santa Barbara to Mission San Buenaventura, which was an actual two-day walk. And I saw it and I brought it to you and I said, hey, this looks interesting. I mean, are, are you game for this? And you immediately said yes. Yep. I'm intrigued with the idea of over time doing the entire 800 miles. Probably won't happen, but if we can do segments here and then, what might happen? Yeah. Yeah. So this walk um, was organized by another person. His name was Greg Wood, and he had a lot of information on the website that they created called the Sarah Pilgrimage. And do you have the website on here? Are you going to put it below? Or? We'll add the link to the Sarah Pilgrimage website in the show notes, as well as just about every other resource that we mentioned during our talk today. Yeah. So Greg had done this once before. This was the second walk. He's hoping to make it an annual walk. So we're looking forward to doing this um, again next year. It's about the same time every year. So we walk this in July. Mm -hmm. It is a walk that honors the life of St. Junipero Serra. And we were literally walking the footsteps that he had walked along the El Camino Real, which is the Royal Road. This was a 35 mile stretch between these two missions. So obviously... Well, maybe not obvious to some, but there's no way I could walk 35 miles in one day. Mm-hmm. And I think most people wouldn't be able to do that. So there was a site about halfway in between in Carpinteria at St. Joseph Church, where they graciously offered their, their school lawn to us. And we had tents that were taken by U-Haul. In, uh, Greg had organized 
a U-Haul to throw all our gear into it and everybody else's gear, took it to St. Joseph. So by the time we arrived there, all we had to do was grab our gear, set it up, and we were ready for the night. So it was very well organized. And we were glad we didn't have to carry our gear with us as we walked this first 18 miles. Yeah, that wouldn't have happened for us. Yeah, that would have been really rough. But yeah, the organization was great because they not only hauled our gear, they had these trucks that would haul porta potties along the way. So every time we got to a break stop, yeah, that was great. The porta potties were there. At break stops, there would be food, there would be water, electrolyte drinks. They had lunches organized for us. Yeah, it was awesome. And the food was provided by the Knights of Columbus in two dioceses. So there was one, the first one was Santa Barbara, the second one was Santa Paula. So very blessed for Mm -hmm. us as walkers to be able to just come to wherever they had set up the food and dig in and start eating. And it was really nice. This would be the most walking we've ever done in a consecutive two-day period. When you were all said and done, how did you feel about how that took a toll or not on your body? I was fine. Uh, You're tired. Mm -hmm. You're definitely tired. I think uh, I was a little worried in the beginning because we had decided we were going to set our own pace based on the first walk that we went on. And in this pilgrimage, it was, we stayed together. He, Greg was determined to keep the group as close as they yeah. could, could together. So, so yeah, one big difference between the Sarah pilgrimage walk and the first walk we did. So the first walk with the California Mission Walkers, I envisioned like the group would be together on the whole way. And that walk to San Luis Obispo, we probably were together for the first 10, 15 minutes, it yeah. felt like. And yeah. then people started to really spread apart and you were kind of walking mostly by yourself or your companion. And we weren't really prepared. Not that we weren't prepared. We didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. So when we saw that first group going ahead, we just started following them. And then we were um, thinking, well, if we lose sight of them, are we going to know which way to go? Yeah, because we weren't 100% sure of the, the path. So we were intent on staying with somebody we could keep sight of. And we we were going on the faster side. It was the front group, the front, and their pace was really fast. Yeah, the one lady, I forget her name, Stephanie, I think it was, but who was uh, leading the group. Man, did she walk fast. (laughs) So the difference then with the second walk that we did, and I think attributed to the how well organized it was, because there were breaks every so often, like we'd maybe walk, I don't know, 90 minutes or so, then there'd be a break. The group kept pretty much together the entire way. And that also made it a completely different experience. A very different experience. This is a group of Catholics, and anybody's welcome. It's not that Catholics are the only ones that Mm -hmm. walk this. But the experience does lead into a prayerful walk, There was religious there with us. The religious would lead us in the rosary. There was singing. There was some Franciscan friars of the renewal, and they were very well adept in instruments that they brought with them. Mm -hmm. It was a guitar and a violin, and there was singing almost the entire way along this walk. So it was designed to be prayerful. It was designed to show others that saw this group of people walking our faith. Mm -hmm. So if that's, you know, not something that toots your horn, that's okay. There's other kind of walks you can take. But But even when we did the first walk to San Luis Obispo with the California Mission Walkers, I remember there was people in that group that weren't 
churchgoers, but no, so, something drew no. them to the experience. Yes, yeah. yes. That's what I'm saying. You yeah. don't have to be Catholic. Yeah. But this particular walk mm-hmm. um, was very prayerful. Designed for that kind of yeah. experience. Yeah. Well, oh, the route that it took was amazing. I mean, we were mostly walking on the coast. And you're walking along the beach, and there was one point we actually got right onto the beach, and we're walking in the waves through the water, and it was it was just fantastic. Yep. This was also the walk where you tried your open-toed sandals instead of a more traditional yeah, that was, hiking, walking shoe. It worked shoe. perfect. Yeah. worked perfect. No blisters. Oh, the other thing that you used, you didn't have on the first walk, but you had on the second walk, because you do have some knee issues you have this knee brace called an evo right it was that worked perfectly i never know when it's going to act up it just does but when you're walking that kind of distance i had no doubt my knee would get irritated with this nevo it never did yeah it seemed to make a huge difference yeah. for you yeah so if you're interested in the sarah pilgrimage walk and Our experience was with about 200 other walkers, just to give you a size of the group that participated in this. Look for the next one to happen in July of next year. And again, we'll have a link to the Sarah Pilgrimage website in our show notes, and you can then find out more about that. Oh, and if you want to try this walk, but there's a point where you just can't do it, it just was too much for you. The person that organized this designed it so that people could step out and get rides to, you know, wherever destination they wanted to go. It's it's okay for you to drop out and meet at the final destination or whatever you want to do, or just join on the second day and walk that day. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't mind any of that. Yeah. And also we might mention the perspective of kind of what was the demographic of, from an age perspective, people who participated on this, we saw from very, very young children who did the whole walk, all the way to obviously people our age, which were on the older side, and people older than us, Mm -hmm. and every age in between. Mm -hmm. So it was very mixed age group, and that also made it fun, I thought. Oh, it it was fantastic. For both of these walks, we have prepared recaps of them on our YouTube channel. So if you go to the Places Where We Go YouTube page, and they were both posted in 2022. So the California Mission Walkers Trail to San Luis Obispo Mission, there's a video on that. And just last weekend, we posted the Sarah Pilgrimage Walk. So if you open up either of those, that'll give you a sense of what these walks in California are about. And we look forward to future segments of the California Mission Trail. And let's talk about some other pilgrimage walks. As we already mentioned, uh, the Camino de Santiago, which is one that we were interested in going on, we have been interested for years, is a fantastic pilgrimage. People walk it for various different reasons. There are several starting points. To be able to call yourself a Camino walker, I believe that you only have to walk 100 kilometers. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, so you you don't even have to walk the whole 500 miles. The one that starts in France, um, there's one they call uh, Del Norte. There's one, uh, the Portuguese one. There's lots of different starting points on this Camino walk. The other one is one that we recently found out about as we were walking the uh, Sarah pilgrimage is the Polish pilgrimage in the USA 
This takes place this week. Yeah, actually in starts August. in two days. Yeah. So it's going to be too late by the time the podcast comes out for this year, but definitely for future August. Yeah. They planning. started it up again. They did have to halt it because of COVID, but it is starting up again. So next summer, I believe we're probably going to be marking our calendar. Yeah. So this is, you know, we've done a one day walk, we've done a two day walk. This one's a four day walk. Mm-hmm. Very different. And it's camping. It's not hotel between uh, walks. You do camp in between the walks. It is a pilgrimage um, that starts from the Great Meadows to Doylestown. On this walk, there are five groups that they split them up into. And the first two are actually Polish-speaking Americans, or maybe or maybe they're Polish. Polish. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third is an English-speaking group that's led by the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. The fourth is for pilgrimage workers, and the fifth is a special spiritual support group. So this apparently is an extremely well-organized walk. And I think it, you know, where the one that we just did attracted 200 people, or it was actually capped once they reached 200. There was people who were trying to get in after that. Mm -hmm. I believe this one is immensely more populated Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not close to a thousand. I, I, I think it's a very popular walk with the Polish American community back there. Over the four days, the route that's mapped out, it ends at the National Shrine of Our Lady of Czestochowa in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. The full distance, if you were to go the entire four days, is 57 and a half miles. It sounds daunting, but when they break it down, into the four days, it's doable. Yeah. When I was on the website earlier today, and when I was looking at the pictures and reading the description, it felt like the organization was very much like we just experienced on the Sarah pilgrimage walk. Mm-hmm. So there's you know restroom facilities that are transported along the way, meals arranged, camping spots arranged, the hauling of your gear, just like we experienced, a very well-organized so if you're on the east coast of the United States or otherwise attracted to something like this, this Polish pilgrimage would be another United States pilgrimage option for you. Some may be wondering, you know, what a pilgrimage is. So let me give you a taste of it that comes right off the website of the Polish pilgrimage. And it goes, we often think of a pilgrimage as a strenuous trek throughout a country or region Although the nature of a pilgrimage may be very much that, what we learn, discover, experience, endure, encounter along the way is the very essence of stepping outside of yourself and connecting with your faith, awakening your soul. We live in a day and age where we are so connected to everything else but God. When we step outside of our daily lives and routines and set out on a trail of our faith, We are changed forever. Now, with every pilgrimage, there is cost that's involved, especially when you have an organized pilgrimage and they're having to get U-Haul trucks and they're feeding you. So you will look closely at any kind of registration costs that may be involved when you are looking into a pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. Um, The Sarah pilgrimage was a little different They were asking for donations. 
I and think it was $90 per person. It was recommended yeah. $90. So that's pretty decent for, you know, two days. Yeah, I think about all. everything that we got provided yeah. to us. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah so it's pretty decent. Yeah. So, but I think um, they're asking for a donation for those that maybe be struggling. But I would highly recommend if you've got the money, go over because it's well worth it. Yeah. And the Polish pilgrimage that you mentioned, just to give you an example of the cost for that, and they do have rates that vary for seniors versus adults, young adults, children, etc. The adult rate, there's amounts given for if you want to participate for just one day, two day, three days, or the whole four days. If an adult was going to do the Polish pilgrimage for four days, they're asking for $160. And when you think about everything you get provided for you, you know, I mean, we can't even find a hotel near where we live for probably under $200, $250 anymore. Mm -hmm. So to get four days experience for $160, mm-hmm. food included, your you know, sleeping arrangements transported for you, and the experience, is uh, it's phenomenal, I think. Yes. Yeah. There's many other pilgrimage sites and options in, in the United States. Some of the pilgrimage sites are places where somebody might go just for a day. We will have a link on the show notes to over 100 pilgrimage sites in the U.S. Some other walks that are available to people in May in Wisconsin, there's the Walk to Mary pilgrimage, which takes pilgrims to two beautiful shrines in a single day. The Walk to Mary is a 21-mile walking pilgrimage from the National Shrine of St. Joseph in De Pere, Wisconsin, to the National Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in Champion, Wisconsin. Another experience that could be made into a pilgrimage are the San Antonio Missions. So the Alamo in Texas is actually a shrine. The famous historical site was the Chapel of the Fort that was lost in the Texas Revolution and is the only building still standing from that infamous battle. And there's four other missions in the San Antonio area built hundreds of years ago and are within a single day's journey. You and I just did that last December. Yes, yes. And they have a beautiful path. It's along the river, I believe, there. And it leads to each mission. And we took that with electric bikes that mm-hmm. we rented out uh, through the city. So yeah. it was it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. There's the St. Peregrine Cancer Shrine in Arizona, St. Peregrine being the patron saint of cancer patients. Um, so this is a popular place for people to visit who are either themselves or know people who are battling cancer. The shrine can be a place for spiritual healing and strength. Visitors who are cancer patients or know someone who is are invited to post prayer petitions, which are left on the wall of the shrine for the entire month. And then there's many, many, many other pilgrimage options in the United States. And because we live here, we're kind of focusing on that. But then you also think about pilgrimage options throughout the world, and there are so many. So Mm -hmm. we just kind of want, because we had a chance recently to experience a few in our home state, and we just walked the Sarah pilgrimage last weekend, we thought we would take this opportunity just to bring some awareness to this type of experience. Because, you know, I've lived in California for what, almost 60 years. And just this year, for the very first time, learned about the California Mission Trail and walking it as mm-hmm. a thing to do. Mm-hmm. That's the topic today. That's you know something we wanted to share with you today. We have found walking, hiking to be a great way to just change our mindset, change our environment, get a, a different experience. And um, 
There's so many hikes that we've done, national parks, out in nature, out in the woods. That's one experience. Pilgrimage walks are something yet different. They, they add a spiritual element to it. Mm -hmm. And if it's something that sounds attracting or intriguing to you, again, you can get a glimpse of these on a couple of our YouTubes. Or you might even see, if you haven't seen it yet, the movie The Way which will give you an immersion into the Camino de Santiago. So I hope something attracted you to an interest in uh, walking these pilgrimages. If you have any questions, we surely would love to hear from you. So just message us and uh, we'll answer any questions that you may have. And one of these days, maybe we'll bump into you on a segment of the California Mission Trail because it is going to be one of the places where we go. So thanks for joining us at the places where we go. If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as The Places Where One, the number one. And you can watch our travel adventures on YouTube, where our channel name is The Places Where We Go. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at The Places Where We Go. See you next time. Bye now.